Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Alon Brav, professor of finance at the Fuqua School of Business. So, I am privileged to sit in the Boston airport together with Alon Brav, and you are a finance professor, right? So they say. So, that's very impressive. You, you couldn't tell by looking at you that you're a finance professor, these cool glasses and everything. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Alon, I want to talk about um, this idea that uh, you propose that somehow the way that irrationality is kept in the marketplace is by the fact that there are too many people who believe in rationality. Well, the, the way to think about this is that uh, the key impediment to, uh, story, to, to people advocating that irrationality pervades in markets has always been that if prices are incorrect and people recognize they're incorrect, they'll be bid to their correct value by smart people who want to make money. Right, and the argument is usually there's enough enough to have one smart, rich person, they could fix everything. Right, exactly. Right. So the number of, of people with foolish beliefs is, is not an issue. The issue is, is there smart, are there smart individuals with enough capital to... To fix everything. To fix everything. And... Uh, For example, now somebody could go ahead and buy all the houses in the U.S., if well, they think are undervalued. If, you th- if they think they are undervalued, right. Okay, yeah. so that's the theory. Now let, let's get to the meat of it. So why, how could belief in rationality let irrationality keep, keep going on? Well, given that, 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 that this problem, that, that if, you, if you believe that markets are irrational, that you always have to tell not only how prices become, uh, the bit away from the correct value due to irrationality, you also have to tell a story why smart people cannot correct uh, for those, uh, yeah, I just haven't met right. anybody smart yet. Well, that could that could be the case. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not smart enough. That could be the case. Uh, but the alternative is that uh, at least one way to think to bring about a limit on the ability to to, to arbitrage incorrect prices is actually the provision of rational stories, meaning that if the only way to explain why a certain price is what it is by an irrational story then you probably have a problem because then nothing would... Then, then at that point, it would be... Uh, uh okay, so is, is, the, is the issue that you're proposing that basically some of these very, very smart people who could, in theory, correct the market, their problem is that they don't see the irrationality? They think that everything is rational? As a consequence, they don't even try to fix the irrationalities? No, the, the the issue with the issue. Think of a hedge fund that looks at a it's a value stock, and uh, one possibility that the value stock is mispriced, it's undervalued due to irrationality. This hedge fund has to go to his to the to his his or her investors and tell them, look, provide capital so I can go and buy this particular stock. The problem, though, is that if there are rational stories for why the price is what it is. Those investors will tell them, wait a second, why are you betting on that stock, given that that's the correct price? Okay, so if people believe that the reason is rational, mm-hmm. um, then something that could be irrational can actually propagate and continue behaving. Right. So, so in some sense, what you're saying is that it's all the fault of the finance professors, that, that it's you guys who are teaching everything, that everything is rational, and because people believe you so much, 
You have a problem. If you educated a whole generation of investment bankers that believe that the whole world is irrational, there wouldn't be an issue. I think that actually most of the, you know, a large part of the investment uh, sector for many, many years believes in, believed in rationality. I used to, you know, I think that if you go back, uh, if you look at the number of mutual funds and other investors who try to time the market, select stocks, it, it's maybe not as big as it used to be, but it's still a very large uh, percentage of, of invested capital out there, meaning that there are still a lot of people who believe in irrationality. Uh, so they believe I, that the other people are irrational, that they are smarter than everybody else. It's slightly different. Uh, could be either. Could be either. I, I, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, you're trying to defend the profession here. That is not your fault. No, I'm not trying to defend the profession. I think I think what this what this uh, sort of story, you know, that what we've been talking about now, just says that it's just very hard to tell whether prices are correct or not. That that. That's right. So, so, so the issue is that there's ambiguity. Exactly. Really, there are many things, particularly in the market, where it's hard to do experiments, mm-hmm. where you can't say that something is rational, irrational. And when this ambiguity comes, if everybody believed it was irrational, they might have taken some corrective actions. Right. But if they don't, they will not take right. any corrective actions. Right. And so I think that the, 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 the message of that particular, of that specific paper is that uh, it, is the, it is absent any rational stories. It will be very hard to tell... Uh, an irrational story that would hold for a long period of time, but now that you have both, uh, that's probably the state of affairs. It's just uh, it's just very hard to tell whether price is right or wrong. Is, is, is so so does this say, for example, it would be good for a hedge fund to try and recruit customers who believe in irrationality because then there would be a better hedge fund that could operate better? I think that this is a great question. I think that if you know you could take take. Um, Take two very large funds, dimensional fund advisors, who are run by Chicago professors, and, and clearly the the way to think about their investment is is that it, markets are efficient, and one bets on value, size, just because those are the characteristics that reflect some risk. You want to yep. earn a high expected return, you're going to go say after small value. Then you go to other uh, uh, value shops like uh, like maybe maybe you and I should open maybe you and I should open the irrational investor fund. The issue, yeah, right. So if you go now to other funds like like on LSV or hey, let's advertise our fund now here. The irrational fund. Right. The point the point is that both of these um, funds they invest in the same vehicles. They invest in the same asset. The story differs though. Dimensional fund advisors will say this is risk to their investors, and are you willing to bear it? If you're willing to bear it, you're going to earn a high return. Fuller and Thaler or Lacon or LSV tell their investors, uh, uh, we don't you, think there's that much think, risk. Exactly, you're going to earn due to mispricing. So it's all about your marketing ability. The data is the well. It's about how you think about risk. It's about how you quantify the risk of the investment. But, right, exactly. But but uh, you know, and as LSV, a consequence, what LSV tell, say this is there's no risk, a little risk, and somebody and, else would say there's a lot of risk. Right, but it's, it's the same asset, and if you have a great marketing pitch, you're gonna get your investors. And the question is, who has who's the, who has the bigger power? Yep. Okay, I am. I'm going to start this. Um, are, are you going? Uh, now, I think you're going to be successful. I'm pretty dull. I don't think <laughs> that you want me on board. Okay, I'll think about it some more. Thank you very much. No problem. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.